This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a jam-packed show for you today. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am always your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you've had a really good week. I know I have. Um, It's been, I can't tell you how great a week I've had for many different reasons the the difference in my attitude from a week only a week of not talking politics and engaging with people about trump and clinton and election 2016 and the house and the senate and the gop and the democrats it has been invigorating i feel i feel kind of young and i feel enthusiastic and I've just I've had a really good week and um, the name calling has been heavily reduced which is which is cool um but I've also had a lot of extra time this week and over the last 5 6 days I've been doing a lot of research and I I think I've about 26 monologues um and in a few other directions I want to take this show so I've done a lot of legwork for future shows which I'm I'm really excited to to present them to you um, and I'm going to try and convert them into ways that you can take them. Um, I'm trying to make this show that I tell you stories, I ask you questions, that you get to find your position, that then you can take those stories, those principles, make them your own and then share them. That is how I see this battle been won. But I want to start today on this segment just by doing a bit of self-reflection. Because... I I was doing a lot of the research for, as I said, about the 26 monologues. And, and what I have is just a bit of insider baseball, which I'm guessing a good few people have in the media, is I have a, a separate email account. And basically that email account is for what people would call spam. Um, I sign up to every newsletter I know possible. Um from The Blaze to Fox News to the Washington Free Beacon to liberal outlets. And I was as I was coming up with notes and doing shows, I actually saw something, and it's on both sides, that I want to discuss with you today. And it's the use of headlines. If, you're, if you've been in the business or you've, uh, you've been a writer or you've been any type of marketing, you'll know that the title is critically important to your article or to your story or to your show because if the the title isn't good, people aren't going to click on it. And then it, get, it made this title clickbase where you have these enticing headlines for you to read an article and the article has absolutely nothing to do with the the actual title. But when I was doing my research, I, I came across... A team that was in email after email after email of titles of articles to get you to click on. And I've written down a few of them. 
And I just want you to think about this. Is this part of a society you would like to live in? Crush. Destroy. Annihilate. Call out. Rip them a new one. Breaks down. These are words on both sides of the aisle. This is left-wing publications, right-wing publications, and, and people in the middle with news. And these are articles that historically do very well. Is this healthy? Is this what we want where one side gets its kicks and, yeah, get him, get him, get him, get him. Pounce on him, he's down, kick him, annihilate him, destroy him, crush him. Is this what you want? Is this all it takes to, to, to sort of get you to feel good and to interact? Is, is like blood and red meat? Is this all we have to do to our side now in whatever side you're on? Where we just literally take a piece of red meat and throw it to people and and we get our kicks from it. Likewise on social media. How many times... Because I, 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 as I said, I, I've really stopped from politics. And I spent some time over the last two weeks... It's actually over the last month when I was doing a lot of self-reflection as well. I actually spent time looking at people's arguments. I spent time looking at... Because I enjoy debates and, and actually not even participating in them. Just watching them. And seeing how people, you know, go back and forth. And, and I especially like it when there is... A, I'm trying to use the right word. But a, a liberal who clearly thinks... Or someone who has a different opinion, who actually clearly thinks. Um, because I take a lot of their arguments and I kind of go, okay, if I was debating that, if I was debating him, what 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 would I say? How would I approach him? How would I counter his arguments? And I do it on myself so I get more comfortable. And I, as I've said before, for me there's only two outcomes of a debate, or even if you're not participating when you're looking at one, is, yeah... I actually see that now and I still think I'm right. And I should be thankful if I'm right because I've clearly taught out the issue. Or, no, actually, that person made some good, good, solid points. I'm not sure if I'm right anymore. You know what I need to do? I need to go research more. Or they mentioned this bill. I, I never heard of that. Um, they did what? And then you go research some more and and that's that's how I do things. I, I write down notes. I write scraps of notes when I listen to... When I listen to Glenn Beck, when I listen to Mark Levin, when I listen to other radio, or when I'm reading something, I'm going to go, they link to this. Okay, what is this? I never heard of it. And then I do my own research and my knowledge gets, grows and grows and grows. But today on social media, it seems we have this third outcome where it's insults. It's, we insult so many people. What good does an insult do? What good can an insult do? Oh, you're a moron. Great. Wonderful. Thanks for that. That is such an enlightened comment. Oh, you're an idiot. Oh, well, there you go. 
some of the ones I get. Oh, well, you're not a real Christian. You don't go to church. Thanks for your opinion. I really appreciate it. Have a nice day. Glenn Beck's a Mormon. He's a cultist. Glenn Beck's a fool. Glenn Beck needs to go to a mental health institution. I'm a Zionist. You know what's funny about insults? I have been called every name under the sun. You know, if, if, you, if you're in this business, and I'm, which I know many people are, and you get called all names under the sun. But if you don't know who you are, definitely don't go ask people. Because I've been called from a democratic plant to a Bible-thumping communist. Yes, that is still my favorite insult, because it still makes me laugh. From a rhino, from a libertarian, from a conservative, from a sellout, from a, to a traitor. If you don't know who you are and you, you, you get into any way public, don't look for who you are because you'll never find it. You get called every name under the sun. I got told the other day on social media I was a Jew hater. So I'm a Zionist and I'm a Jew hater. I'm not a Christian, but I'm a Bible-thumping communist. Huh. I'm a Republican, but I'm a Democrat, but then I'm also a sellout. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? But when you look at situations online, have you ever seen a situation going, you know what that situation, you know what that debate right needs there? That needs some insults. That needs me to get involved and to insult the other person. There's this other thing I see online. And I'm seeing it more and more and more from people on the right. And I'm not condemning anyone because I get the emotions a lot of people are feeling. I, I see it from people who are defending their stance for Donald Trump. And I see it from people who are claim them and promote themselves as never Trump supporters. This thing of, I'm angry. Right? I'm angry. And then they say something that follows up. And it's like, it's the I'm angry is the justification. It's like, I would not normally do this, but I'm angry. So this is what I'm doing. And everyone's supposed to go, oh, well, that's justified. Have you ever, can you think, even if it's not, even if it's not realistic, the most hypothetical situation. Have you, can you give me a situation where, you can come up with that says anger totally justifies that. Because here's the thing. I could get behind this microphone and in my writings and in everything I do and tell you every reason under the sun I'm angry. Do you want me to? I, I'll do it right now. I'll give you some of the reasons I'm angry. I, I'm angry. I'm angry with Christians who have a Christian purity test, who care more about their ideology than uniting under God. I'm angry at Americans who don't understand their own history and their own constitution. I am angry at the crimes the American government has committed against its own people. Like Wounded Knee. Like internment camps under FDR, like the slaving of communities through high taxes and big government programs. I get angry at times when I see people on the left, the right, and in the middle who go, America sucks. Who go, 
America was never great. When I hear arguments from the far left who go, America sucks because Americans are greedy. And then the far right decides, you know what, we're going to counter that. I'll take your America sucks. But it's because of imperialism and interventionism. I get angry when I see stuff like that. Here's the thing. They're just some of the things that get me angry. What is my anger going to solve with those? Do what, do, does anyone think that me getting involved in any of those situations because I'm angry and getting angrier, that that's going to solve anything? Do you think, let's just take one, the America sucks. The left think America sucks because you're greedy, you were never great in the first place, and the right thinks you're sucks because of your imperialism and your interventionism and your foreign policy. Me getting involved and being angry. Me getting involved, even because even though I know in my own heart of hearts, both sides are wrong. Do you think me going to the libertarians going, hey, dummy, shut up. Do you think me going to the left, hey, dummy, shut up and read some history. Do you think that's going to solve anything? Is it going to do anything useful? Or, hey, how about you don't say America sucks. How about, oh, I don't know, we actually understand America is a nation full of people. And all people are flawed. Thus, we're all going to make mistakes. However, every country has made mistakes. But look at all the good America has done. How do you see these debates happening? Can we no longer agree to disagree? Can we no longer have a civility between people? Who go, you have your opinion, I have my opinion. And that's okay. Or do we always have to be, ha <laughs> he took that argument and he crushed him. Ha <laughs> John took that argument. You see, John told that libertarian that, yeah, he, he told him and he shoved his imperialism in his face. And, and, he, and John told him why America doesn't suck. And then John went over to the liberal and, and said, hey, dummy, look at your history. Look at all the inventions that you have. Oh, I don't know. How about the iPhone in your hand that was created by an American that has the Internet, which was also created by an American. It was the American government. And I'll go. We all know this. I digest. Does that solve anything? Do we any, does anyone get anything from that situation? Does anyone learn anything from that situation? Or is it, is this all we want now? Red meat. Well, I'm angry. Great. What are you going to do with that anger? I would ask you to think about how you interact with people. And how you see your friends and your family interact with people. And say, is this what you want? Is this healthy? Does it change anything? Do we get anywhere? Is there any net benefit from it? Or is it just a case of, we just all go round in circles. And we throw our group, the people who we agree with on an ideological basis. That we just throw them red meat. 
I would like you to think about that question as I take this break. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. The reason I went through everything in the first segment was because I want to build to this question. And it's a question which I think needs to be asked today. Because we have people on the left and the right today all running around talking about their rights. I have a right to this, and I have a right to that, and I have a right to free speech, and I have a right to free education and free stuff and big government freebies. Question. Do I have a right to be wrong? Let me repeat that. Do I have a right to be wrong? Because... The way I see people interacting, I don't think people would respect that right. If I have a certain set of beliefs, and you don't like them and you think they're wrong, do I still have that right? Or must I be silenced? Must I be insulted, demeaned? Must I be put through a mill so that I lose any credibility I have? I think everyone has a right to be wrong. You have a right to your own conscience. Expanding on that to get to a bit more logic and reason behind the question I ask is because one of the reasons I love America... And it's a historical reason. It's not very apt today. But I hope one day again it will be. Is because America boiled everything down to its core at your founding. And made things about the individual. I'm me. I have my own background. My own experiences in life. Good and bad. And I also have my own emotions. That makes me who I am. Added to that, there is my own principles, my own standards. My own, what I think is important in, in life. I am unique. All these things make me unique. And because of who I am, I think it's safe to say there is no one else out there like me. Each and every one of you is the exact same. 
You have your own emotions, your own backgrounds, your own experiences, your own upbringings, what your parents taught you, what work life has taught you, what your friends and your community and your churches. Each and every one of you is unique. Good or bad, you are unique. America historically, in a historical context, is one of the only, if not the only nation, who celebrates the individual and has done since your founding. It has that respect for you. It has that respect that puts the individual above everything else. The rest of the world, historically and today, does not believe in the individual. We believe in a collective. We are divvied up into parts of society that make us feel like we can I belong through self-identification, but also government identification. You know these, they're common frame now in your society. Middle class, lower class, upper class. Well, you don't really use upper class or lower class in America because you have rich and poor. But you use middle class. You have diff people of different education levels. Well, I'm from Harvard, so I only talk to a, to a Harvard graduate. And we, all, we at Harvard all look down on those who went to community college. And also all people who have college degrees look down on those who have no college at all. We self-identify among our age. Oh, well, I'm Gen Y. I'm Gen X. I'm a baby boomer. I'm a millennium. We identify on race. Well, I'm white. I'm black. I'm Hispanic. I'm Asian. We don't believe in the individual anymore. Deep down, so many people want people to conform to their ideas and to their ideologies. Why don't we respect the individual anymore? And respect and understand that individual has a right to be wrong. Whether that's on economic policies whether that's on foreign policy whether it's on the role of government I know there are people out there I'm a big article 5 supporter I know there are people who have major fears about article 5 and it's not helped by certain societies out there that push a fear narrative and that's okay that's their right they have the right to be wrong in my opinion But I'm not going why do we have to destroy other people? Why do we always have to say to people, conform to our ideology or else? I'm seeing growing number of posts online and I'm worried about your people and your hearts because I'm seeing this word been used all the time now, and, and I'll be honest, it's starting to get scary. And it goes along the lines of, 
if you don't vote for Trump, you're a traitor. Do, does someone not have a right to be wrong? Assuming Donald Trump is the right answer. Do I have a right to object to anyone without being called a traitor? Let me give you an example just on, on a simple, simple, simple poli- on policy, not on principle. I have had been very fortunate to have many long debates with several people over the years. And I have a radical opinion on taxation. I believe income tax is theft. I do not support any level of income tax whatsoever. However, over the years, there have been many policies put forward that support income tax. All the way from the left's policy of their ideal policy is back to is it LBJ's 90% tax rate or FDR's 90% rate. I can't remember. It's, it's either one of those two. Or... To, I remember one of the, the tax plans I even supported, even though I don't agree with income tax policy, was Herman Cain's 999 plan in 2012. To Reagan's tax policies. Do we have to insult everyone? If I think income tax is a theft, does someone else who believes in income tax, even if it's a conservative policy where it's low, Herman Cain's tax plan had like a 9% tax. Are they wrong? Do they have a right to have a different opinion? Do I have a right to, to, to my own conscience? I would hope people who are listening to this would say, yes, you have a right to be wrong. You have a right to your own opinion. However, the more and more I see things online, I see people saying, no, you don't. Or acting like, no, you don't. Going back to what I said in the first segment about insults. What is the end game in society today? You know, let's, I know everyone wants to talk about the election and Okay, some your guy, your girl gets into the White House. What's the end game? As people, as individuals. At what point do we f- learn the lesson of Martin Luther King and reconciliation? Is it all of a sudden, is it going to be that day on the ter- Friday after the election? Or, sorry, the Wednesday after the election? That we all put down our swords and our shields? And we become friends again? Or is it just, I don't know, like Christmas Day during World War II where we all celebrate together until the next battle, until the next day, when we're ready to be divided again? At what point do we reconcile and come together that says, you have these rights and I have these rights? And here's the thing. It's easy to talk about rights today. Everyone has a claim to everything. I have a right to your money. I have a right to your property. Government has a right to this. Government has a right to that. I have a right to be free. Everyone talks about their rights. But at what point do we celebrate the individual again? 
At what point do we not seek division and instead seek unity? At what point do we say, I know it's easy to fight for rights of people I like. It's easy for me to stand here and go, I'll use me again as an example. Hey, Glenn Beck is a friend and a boss. I'll fight for his rights. That's easy. That's easy for me to say. Hey, I have my friends and my family. I like them. They have sets of rights. Hey, I'll fight for them. They have rights. The hardest thing you'll do is get to a point where you'll look at a Democrat and go, you have rights. And I will defend them. I will speak out for them. Because you have rights. And because this is I'm saying this as one of you. This is America. We are an Americans because we're different to every other nation in this world. Past, present. We're different because we know something other nations don't know. And that is, your rights don't come from government, they come from your creator. Or God. So me defending them is not defending government or defending You, it's defending rights that you were born with. That can't be taken away by anybody. I believe you have a right to be wrong. I look at some Democrats. There's a Democrat who listens to this show on a regular basis and he he sends me comments and messages. I don't know how much we agree on. There's actually a couple of them. I don't know how much we agree on. I can't imagine there's a lot. Here's the thing. I will defend their right to be wrong. Voltaire once said, I don't have to like what you say, but I'll defend to my debt your right to say it. That is an American type principle. How many people today do you know that would not only say that, but act accordingly? I will defend your right to your conscience, to your experiences, to your upbringings. I will try and give you a message of freedom. I will try and... And I, I'm not the best by any means or anywhere near it. I'm, I'm still a newbie at this game. But I try and present everything I do with questions so that you find your own opinion, that you find your own way. I suppose what I'm trying to do in this segment and probably not doing a good job of it is why don't we celebrate the individual anymore? That is a fundamental American principle. And yes, I don't see many Americans celebrating it today. You have a certain way of thinking. That's okay. We agree to disagree. Today it seems to be conform. Have my opinion or else. Have follow me or else. I gotta take a quick break, America. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The. 
progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Freedom's at Freedom Disciple on Twitter, Freedom's Disciple on Facebook. Apparently, Facebook allows more than one freedom. Um, I love interacting with you. I love engaging with you. If you want to happen to send me a longer message, use any of those. But also, my site freedomsdisciple.com has a, a page you can send me a message. It comes to my email, and I reply. It does take me a bit of time, but I always get there. Um, I love interacting with you. Um, the the best comments I can ever get. Um, just before I get to the next topic, um, it's it obviously it's great. People saying, "I love the show." I love I love this. I think you're good. It's all great. But the best comment I can ever get is when someone comes to me and says, "You made me think." I don't care whether you agree with me or not. But just that I make you think. And that that's something I'm trying really hard at. Because this is not natural to me. I, I didn't go to college to radio, for radio. Um, or podcasting. Uh, but I'm trying during the week to foment arguments. That, and break them down so that you can ask questions. But with that being said. I, I want to talk to you about something that really. It's, it's ironic I spoke about earlier about anger. It's almost like I planned this show. Um but there's an argument out there that really annoys me and I want to address a head on right now. It's this blame game argument. And it seems everyone wants to point the finger of blame at everyone. And a common thread I see is people want to blame the youth of today. Oh, the youth suck. Oh, the youth, they're just, oh my God. They're horrible. Look at all those you, you young people at Bernie Sanders rallies. They're all socialists. Oh my God! They, you know, just they just suck. And it annoys me because, what do you think should happen? Like it's like I'm trying to do this in the nicest way I possibly can. It's like you expect someone to go through the indoctrination of school, of high school, some of going to college. What society teaches them today through culture, through Hollywood, through TV, through reality TV, through what they see on social media, through what they're preached at in church if they go to church, through how they see their parents act. And their family act. And their community act. All that combined. Added to the peer pressure. Of other people. Because if you're in a 
school or a college, it's usually pretty liberal. You expect them to go through all of that and be okay. You expect them to go all of, through all of that where everything is telling you the societal norm today is government is the solution on both sides of the aisle. You expect them to go through all of that through their life having seen no different, known no different. And you expect them to come out as what? Freedom-loving, Bible-thumping, constitutionalist-loving people? How many people who are under the age of 25, and I mean 25, actually, you know what? What age am I? What age? Reagan was 88, 84, 32. If you were 32, you were born when Reagan was sworn into office as a second term. You have to be 50 to have been able to vote for Ronald Reagan as a second term. You have to be 54 to be eligible to vote for him in his first term. You have to be 58 to have been there to have witnessed and able to vote for him in 76 when he took on Gerald Ford, a sitting US president. What do you expect people under the age of 25 to be? What would you anticipate the percentages of people who are under 25 who have had real freedom explained to them? What would you say? How many people under the age of 25 have had someone sit down to them and not drill in, you have to vote GOP or you have to vote this candidate for president, but have actually sat down and said, hey, guess what? Do you ever think about reading the Constitution? Do you ever think about reading about U.S. history? Do you know why America is an exceptional nation? What percentage of people do you think have been asked those questions and explained a version of freedom that is not their version of freedom, is a true account of freedom and the history of America? 5%? 10%? And yet the way people I see people act, who are good folks... They act on social media because they don't have a barrier to their mouth or to their brain or to their fingers who go, oh yeah, young people today, they just suck. I'm sure there are some young people who suck. But here's the thing. For a young person to suck and to do bad things, they have to have learned it somewhere. Unless we are now changing the theory of evolution that a baby can come out of the womb with an ideology. Is, it, is the, 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 the midwife at a hospital who's delivering a baby going, oh, there we go, there's a boy and he's a Democrat. There's a girl and she's a Republican. Is that what we're saying now? Or are we actually saying that a baby comes out innocent, it doesn't know anything. It hasn't taught, been taught anything. It doesn't know very much, if anything. It might know a sound of a voice or a piece of music, because I know some people who went through a pregnancy and put music on them and on the played. That's a different story. Sorry, I got distracted. But they played music for when the baby was in the womb, and it liked certain music because it kicked to it. That's just a different story. Sorry. 
But are we saying that they automatically come out with an ideology? Or are we saying they're innocent and they learn it somewhere? They have seen something and they think, oh, that's okay, so I will act accordingly. It's like, why does a baby cry? Young baby, can't speak for itself. I can't go, hey, mama, I need some food. I need nourishment. What does it do? It cries. It gets attention. As it gets older, if it still cries, it wants something. You know, hey, you can't watch TV. Uh, Okay, you can watch TV. If it thinks that and it gets away with that, it's, it's, it's a societal norm for that kid. If a kid sucks, they have learned it from somewhere. They have either fallen through peer pressure or through example or through society just saying, hey, it's okay, you can do that. Now, instead of playing the blame game, which, hey, if you want to, I can play the blame game. I, I will defend the youth of today because in my honest, in my eyes, they're kind of like Irish people, English people, European people, Australian people. They haven't had real freedom explained to it. But if you want to, in America, you want to play the blame game? Okay, fair enough. How about all the peoples in the, who are six, who are grandparents now and parents today who were around in the 60s, the 70s and the 80s who let liberals and progressives take control of education? How about people today who are parents who are saying, yeah, I know you're going to be saddled with a $100,000 debt or $200,000 a debt or $300,000 a debt, but you know what? You go to college, you go get them, kid. How about the older people who are supposed to be so enlightened and know everything and always act accordingly? Who said, yeah, I'm going to keep voting GOP even though they are still in the house and they have surrendered the power of the purse and the debt has gone up and up and up and up and up. It is gone. From $6 trillion in 2002 to nearly $20 trillion today. And yet we all just want to go and blame people. I can blame loads of people. I can name some of them offhand. I don't see any good personally in in throwing people under the bus or blaming them. I would much rather, instead of looking to the past, spend all that time and more looking to the future and saying, what are the solutions? Now, what are the solutions for the youth of today? Well, we can do what so many people seem... Seem like a good idea online. We can continue telling them they suck. We can continue telling the youth today, man, you are just, you are so bad. You just, you just don't get America if you if you're thinking of going to a Bernie Sanders rally. You're just dreadful human beings. Heck, it's it's popular online today. So hey, why not use it? Hey, you know the youth of today are just traitors. I love how we just throw that word out now. It's just hey, you're a traitor. Or, we can do a different path. We can do a path where we can actually try and engage with people. Actually have a conversation with them. Try our best to talk to them about the Constitution. And say, hey, would you just try and read this? And if you have any questions, ask me. And understand that the background. That if you're dealing with a college kid who's, I don't know done four years of college, you're probably talking to someone 
who has about 16 years of indoctrination, of thinking a certain way. How about we act in a certain way that's understanding that if they don't get freedom the first time we talk to them, don't give up. You know, I've seen people, as I said to you earlier on the show, I watch people debate. And it's almost like that people expect this idea of, well, I spoke to you. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's like they think freedom's like this switch on the wall. It's like a light switch. Well, I told you freedom, so the light switch just goes on and bing, I love freedom. I, I forget the 16 years of indoctrination I had at, at school and high school and college. I forget my life experiences. I forget my, my opinions up to now. You explain freedom to me and bing, I'm a freedom-loving person. If that happens to you and you've had that interaction, thank God. Thank God. It must be fantastic to be that much, that powerful and that knowledgeable and that great of an orator to have that experience. In my experience and in the experience of other people I've spoken to about this, it doesn't happen. It takes a long, long time. I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm talking or preaching to the choir or preaching to people who don't want to listen, but this throwing people under the bus does my head in. And especially the youth of today, who quite frankly have had no chance to be anything different. It's like expecting an Irish person to understand freedom. I'm, I'm the rarity. And I'm not saying that as a good thing. I'm just saying, hey, I wish every Irish person understood freedom. They don't. They don't get it. They don't know any different. I won't throw anybody under the bus on this show. I want to do everything I can. And, and I hope that you do as well. To help people find their way. And to be supportive. To, to, to be civil. To be... Agree to disagree if, if that's what it takes. But understand that people weren't raised this way. You don't just become a socialist and believe in big government. It's because you've been sold an ideology. Based on lies, quite honestly. And I don't see how we, anyway... And if you do have a plan how it works, by all means tell me. I'll read it and if it's good I'll, I'll share it on the air. Of how insults uh, and been so critical of people and just throwing a generation under the bus even when I spoke to you when I when I was playing along just to give you an idea of the, the blame I'm not going to throw every parent and grandparent under the bus I could say that because that's what's happened but then you forget about the good parents and grandparents you forget about the people who volunteered on the school board who changed things in a certain school in a certain area Again, we either believe in the individual or we believe in the collective. These are the questions we need to look deep inside ourselves and find where you stand. What you believe. I gotta take one last quick break, America. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. 
Every year I think BYU is going unbeaten, and so are the Packers. Believe me, I'm aware of, of the fact yes, that you I know you are. That. I know you are. Uh, and every and, year uh, we, uh, we do. Anyway, hopefully we'll find out uh, BYU will be joining the Big 12 in the next couple of months. Well, so. I, have, I have more hope now than I did three weeks ago when that whole I know. transgender LBGTV thing happened. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope this show has given you some food for talk and plenty to think about this weekend and during the week. I I don't know if you can tell, but I'm as passionate, I think I'm more passionate than I've been in quite a while about the future of your nation and about the solutions. And I'm, I'm determined, I don't think it's over. And I'm trying my best to to give the give what I think are solutions and and for you to find questions within yourself to see where you stand. But when it comes down to, I I don't know how many people when I was talking about it in the the first or second segment of today when I was talking about the individual or the collective. I don't know if people in America truly understand how revolutionary an idea that is. How different and unique that idea is. Because it is. You know, in parts of the rest of the world, in Ireland, I'm a number. You know, we the... The socialists and the Marxists and the progressives and the big government types do everything they can to dehumanize the individual. They just think we're all the same. And I know we're not. So when I start here seeing people dismiss the individual and forget it and just writing parts of society off, I, I get upset. And I wanted to finish today's show by... Um, sharing a personal story that is going to be hard to get through, I'm going to be honest. You can change people's lives. Each and every one of you can make a difference that I don't think some of you appreciate. And it's not like a a light switch where, you know, you do something for, for someone and that light switch goes off and it's clear to you, you I made an impact on your life and you know y- they thank you and you know it's it's common practice for everyone sometimes the difference you can make in people's lives is a difference that is either just between the two of you or not even just between the two of you it can be a difference that you don't ever see happening it's just by doing something that you don't think is a big deal, but to the person is. The reason I know that is because people have shaped my life in many different ways. And without getting into the the, the nitty-gritty and the depressing stuff of it, a couple of years ago, last Thursday, 
marked the two year anniversary of the death of someone really close to me. And some of you may laugh at this, and and if you do, if you don't, if you don't own a dog, you won't get it. Um, and I'm sorry for that that you don't get it because animals are truly, truly remarkable creatures, and dogs have a special place in my life. But two years ago, I lost the best dog I ever had, and his name was Jocko. And there was so much I learned from that dog; it's incredible. And it's not a understatement. People might think this is melodramatic, or, or other things, or think it's me just trying to sensationalize things. It's not. It's God's honest truth. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Him, because He got me through a tough time in my life. A couple of years. It's actually more. It's twenty sixteen. It's more than a couple of years. Time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> I got him in, I think it was 2011. Sorry, it was 2010. And in 2011, I lost my job. And I, ever t- even to this day, I've struggled to consistently get full-time work. I haven't earned anything where I used to earn. But when I lost my job... It was a tough time. It was right in the middle of a horrific recession in Ireland. You know, America likes to talk about um, unemployment rates of 9 and 10% and real unemployment rates of 15%. Ireland had a lot worse. Ireland was bailed out by the EU and the IMF, which is a story I'll get to another day. But... As someone who's worked a long, long time in their lives, as a person who had their first paid job at nine years old and hadn't been unemployed for very long, losing your job was tough. And as the days turned into weeks and the weeks into months and the months into a year plus, sending out CVs, sometimes five CVs, sometimes ten, and hearing nothing back was a killer. The hardest part for me about my job, losing my job, was going on to different sites like Monster, like Irish Jobs, searching and searching and searching, and seeing no job that was suitable it was really tough. And it, it took its physical and emotional toll on me. And my dog was always there. I think I would have cracked up and... I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for him, if I'd been in this house by myself. There's a lot more to this story, which it's now is not the time to share, but... I just wanted to take a second out for this show and... Share this story with you, because... I truly believe animals and... I'm a big animal lover. In some ways, my biggest sin is I I much prefer animals to people. Um, But I've been really fortunate with the dogs I've had, that they've all had personalities. Um, My dog was... People always laugh and don't think this is true, but I, I do. My dog was the biggest Mark Levin fan you could find. 
um, the amount of times Jocko would be sprawled across the couch, snoring his brains off, and the minute his music would hit, he would wag his tail and get excited. He'd be snoring his brains out, and then all of a sudden, Mark Levin's music would hear hit, and he would go crazy. He used to love him when Mark Levin, if you've ever listened to Mark Levin, you'll know this, but Mark Levin has a catchphrase that only he can say. You big dummy. My dog would be asleep and would wag his tail like crazy the minute Mark Levin would say it. The one thing I wish we could all learn from dogs is this. And if you've had a dog, you you fully understand what I'm about to say. If you ever leave your house, and even if it's just simple, like you're running to the, the convenience store to get milk or eggs or bread, just and you're gone no more than five minutes, the welcome you get from a dog is incredible. It's like, I'm only gone five minutes, yet you're giving me this great welcome. Imagine if we all could share that much love. How many times do you leave the house and you come back and it's like, yeah, hey, I, was, I just saw you five minutes ago. Great. Hi. He always, always gave you the biggest welcome. The other thing I learned about him was in his last days. We had to put him down and put him to sleep, which was honestly was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. But he got very sick and he had major, major problems. He was a rescue duck. Um had major problems with his lungs. And he pretty much had problems since we had him, went from the first day we got him. He'd cough and he'd get sick and he'd he'd have problems breathing and in the cold it was bad and if he got wet it was bad but it was clear to everyone and to the doctors he was going through pain and we tried different treatments to get him better and you know to prolong his life even through that horrific pain he must have been going through he was still like an excitable young puppy I see all the problems in the world today and it seems to be an excuse for to act a certain way. Imagine if, and I include myself in this, I'm not sort of saying it to everyone else. I include myself in this. I'm, I'm talking to myself as much as you during this monologue. But, you know, I, imagine if we could all act like he did when you were hurting so deep inside yet you still had so much love to share. That you, you weren't worried about yourself, you were worried about others. He made a huge difference in my life. And I'm thankful for him being in my life about three and a half, four years. I learned a lot from him. And the biggest thing I learned was as I was going through tough times. Sometimes you only need to be comforted. Sometimes I was going through tough times and he just automatically knew and he'd just come up and 
he'd just jump up and just want to be petted and have a hug and a bit of a play and it made me feel better. The reason I've shared this story with you is I wanted to mark him to let him know he's not forgotten but also to share some things with you. You make a difference on people's lives. You might know it or you might not. And some, if you have friends or family or just people you know online who are going through a tough time, sometimes all that's needed is to drop them a message and say, hey, how you doing? You know, just talk to them. It's not big, grand gestures that can help people feel better. It's the small things. I don't know. That's there's some of the things I learned from from my dog. And if you're a dog lover, I'm sure you all have similar stories. Dogs truly are remarkable creatures. And Jocko was one of the reasons when anyone talks to me or I see people online dehumanizing the individual and the impact that you can have or who say I can't change anything I'm only one person Jocko always comes to my mind and I say yes you can each and every one of you listening is unique you have your own story your own backgrounds your own emotions your own experiences they make you you God has a plan for each and every one of you I'm not going to tell you what your plan is. I struggle at the best of time finding what my plan is. That's a full-time job for me. And then trying to follow that road that is laid out for me. But you can make a difference. You might not be able to change their world as a whole, but you can change someone's world. You can make someone's world a better place. Please never, ever forget that. Until next week, America, please consider sharing this content with your friends. If you found something useful, share the questions, share the stories, make them your own. Please consider subscribing on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play Music. And as always, here we salute the real heroes in society, not those who are going to win the Super Bowl this year, not those who are going to win the World Series, but your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, your vets, the people who put everything on the line day in and day out. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. America is not over. America is not dead. It can still be saved by doing the right thing and by sharing the right message. The good news that is of God, freedom and constitution. Until next week, America. God bless and God bless America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.